Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our podcast. This week's topic is going to be the myth of standard English and English superiority. Along with that, the key terms that we're going to be covering throughout the podcast are standardized language, power, race, racial-linguistics, and English superiority. Through the definitions and describing those terms, we're going to be talking about the sources of this week, which include the standard language myth, speaking Spanish in white public spaces, as well as we teach languages. Uh, so before we move on, once again, my name is Grace. I'm Zoe. I'm Amari. And I'm Maya. Okay, so the first article we want to touch on is called the standard language myth. So this article talked about the history behind the standard language myth, who it affected, and basically how it changed society. So the standard language myth is the idea that there is only one way of speaking English throughout the country. This kind of stemmed from um, when English was defined in the dictionary, people with a high level of education and people who achieve like high skill with the written language basically created the definition of the standard English and they wanted everyone to achieve kind of the same status of the English speaking language. So um, other points in the article, um, the standard American English was also determined by pronunciation of how the language was spoken. Um, the language used uh, were from people who would typically be broadcasted and have their public voice heard. This could have been when they were on television, speaking to an audience, maybe um, newscasters, priests, writers, people like that who's I guess, had a lot of eyes on them. And then this standard American English was also taught in schools so that the students would grow up kind of knowing how to speak uniformly to everyone to kind of keep it all kind of that broadcasted, I guess, standard. But yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, I think that the purpose of the myth mainly is just to emphasize the wide use of English that have been, has been encouraged and normalized throughout history. And I think that was kind of the point of the article as a whole, just to bring our attention to that as well. Um, and like we kind of touched on already, broadcasters and other public forms of communication have normalized this form of English as well. Um, so it really just brings a lot of attention to the concept of English superiority and also where that stems from. So going along with that, does anyone have ideas or thoughts as to how how or who the myth impacts the most? Uh, I do. I sure bet those that. broadcasters were middle-aged white males. Like, <laughs> like that. But it's just like this, when I think of like a, the standardized language myth, it makes me think like, yeah, a specific way of speaking English. And... I don't know, I always ran into the account because I am an African-American woman who mm -hmm. grew up, like, speaking, I speak Ebonic, speak African-American, mm -hmm. vernacular mm -hmm. English, and people would look at me and be like, oh, what are you saying? Like, y'all know what I'm saying. Right. I know yeah. it's like, it's not the best English in the world, but it's just like, you would get what I'm saying, and it's mm -hmm. just, I feel like with, like, a standardized language myth, it's just... It's just, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called a myth. You yeah. get that myth out of people's heads. It's a specific right. way of speaking speak English, and it's not. It's multiple ways of speaking English. And Ebonics is one. Mm -hmm. And then if you speak with an accent, that could be another. It's just like English is not just 
like I don't know how to really explain yeah it. there's no, no right. way of right. form yeah right. there's no one way and I just feel like that people who grew up white decided that that was exactly. okay yeah. and that's not because you just you know mm-hmm. <laughs> expect everyone to be included when not everyone's mm-hmm. the same exactly. and also like they can use this myth to like say that people who don't speak the standard English are uneducated. Right. For sure. I think that ties in a lot with the racist implications Mm -hmm. of standard English because people who don't speak what would be considered the standard form are kind of held to negative stereotypes Mm -hmm. that they're less educated or they're bad people, which has no correlation. And I also think like, I connect this to like other countries that speak English, like mm-hmm. the UK, for example. Exactly. I feel like they also might have a standardized form of English that they would consider. But I think throughout the UK, this could be wrong because I don't have any personal experience to connect. This, <laughs> but I feel like they all speak it very similarly. Yeah. Where in America, we don't. Exactly. So I feel like yeah. that's where some difference comes in. But we aren't saying, oh, the British or whoever are speaking I English know. wrong. I think that just came from like people Americanize the English. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The English has became so Americanized as people forget like what like what right. English is. Right. So, yeah. For sure. So the next article that came up um, this week was speaking Spanish in white public spaces. This article talks about how Spanish-speaking Latinx people feel about speaking Spanish in predominantly white public spaces. They speak about how ever since Trump, once Trump became president, anti-immigrant and xenophobic became more prominent, making it harder for Spanish-speaking people to speak their native language. They also spoke about how multilingualism should be normalized in, in America because there are places in America where there are highly populated Latinx people and if whiteness is normalized, Spanish should be normalized as well, which right. I agree with. And they also talk about their multiple experiences they share of speaking, I mean, of facing discrimination and microaggressions because of the language they speak. So there's this one quote that literally stood out to me, and it just spoke, screamed Amari. The quote was like, the urgent need to sustain home and community languages might be attractive to many Latinx families. However, the desire to hide or abandoned community practices that were marked like X as different in our current socio-political landscape might be equally appealing. So this, whoa, is that the right quote? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. I This quote stood out to me because this, like, this comes back to like the idea of English superiority and language shame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they feel like America, America just does not like their, like, Spanish-speaking people, which I agree with, comes from, like, anti-immigrant, all the hate that immigrants get, and I agree with it because it's just they feel like they should, they can't speak their language because of all of the shame and all of the hate, the discrimination, the microaggression they're going to get. Like, for example, in the story, he talked about how he be, um, I forgot who it was, but he talked about how he got detained for, who, what was it? Do anybody remember? I forgot that quick. Um, I know that the two women were detained yeah, from knows. by the police officer, that guy. And he wasn't even on duty, first of all. Yeah, he like, wasn't on duty and he they detained them for speaking Spanish and then he found out that they were American citizens and I feel like a lot of Latinx people experience that just because they don't speak their English, 
they always get side at it. Oh, are you from America? Are you from here? Yeah. Where are you from? And that shouldn't even matter. Right, like America includes everyone, exactly. not just people who can perfectly speak, you know, English. In exactly. The... And it's like made me think of a question, like, have you ever been discriminated because of the way you sound or because of the language mm-hmm. that you speak? yeah for sure and like connecting that to the article like exactly what you were saying like the use of language has been racialized and I feel like people who don't speak English primarily and lean towards Spanish or any other language Mm -hmm. they're viewed as gang members criminals rapists and overall uneducated and that's exactly what the article said where white English speakers carry the completely opposite stereotype and that they're more hardworking they're more educated and more respected in the workforce Mm Yeah, so I just think that, like, students of all backgrounds need to understand that English isn't the standard language in the U.S., and educators need to enforce that concept as well, Mm -hmm. because without students being educated on that idea, a large number of them are going to grow up and never realize that English isn't the only language that we speak in this country. So without normalizing the use of other languages, like, kids are just going to continue to grow up that way, because... I feel like until I got older and like started taking classes where they did begin to speak on it, I didn't really realize that it was normal to speak exactly. other languages. Right. I would go to the mall or to the store and hear people speaking other languages and think like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Just because like in yeah. school we you spoke English exactly. and the kids yeah. who didn't speak English at school had to learn it or like things like that. They were separated if they didn't. So yep. I just thought like, oh, like, that's weird that they are speaking their other language in public and not English. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. But we weren't exactly. taught to, like, think that that was normal. So it just seemed weird until it was older and realized, like, no, we don't have a language that we have to speak here. There's different people who speak different things. And I don't know. I feel like all these stigmas just come up just to, like, uphold the idea of whiteness in America. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Just, like, whiteness became so, like, predominant and you like the idea of whiteness like in like english straight uh, english straight middle class person it's mm-hmm. just like the idea of whiteness that everybody wants everybody to follow that category if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not a white straight male person it's just like oh you're weird like yeah. and i don't yeah hundred percent like you said grace like when i was younger i agree like i really wasn't around people who didn't speak another language and then when i got right. To school, like like I said, I grew up like in an African, a predominantly African American um, neighborhood. So I grew up with people who spoke quote unquote broken English, Ebonic African African American vernacular English. So when I got yeah. like to school or start to hear like so called white people talk, I'll mm-hmm. be oh that's weird. Why yeah. do y'all sound like that? Yeah, right. Like, it was no. it was more like a sense of confusion, exactly. not not yeah. weird. Like oh why are you saying exactly. that? I was just, just kind like, of thrown you off. You sound different from me. Like, mm-hmm. why do you sound so different from yeah. me? But then now I'm starting to get the talk, like, the idea of, like, I mean, people are starting to tell me, now you talk white. Like, huh? How yeah. Do, first of all, how do you speak a color? Let's begin there. Yeah, honestly. True. There's no way of, like, speaking the color. When people tell me I speak white, I'm like, you're mad because I speak proper. Like, you yeah. want me to follow the stigma that Black people have of, like, not having a real language or not mm-hmm. knowing English. That's not, the tr- that's not true. And I feel like with this story, they also, with the Latinx people, they also want them to follow the same thing. They want them to eliminate Spanish speaking and just speak English, and they don't want to. That's want to eliminate their native language. Who wants to eliminate right. their Right, you don't want to take that away. I also wanted to talk about, going off of what you guys said, that one video with the guy who was, like, screaming in, like, that mm-hmm. restaurant or something oh, like that. The Aaron, yeah, that dude yeah. who was saying, like, oh, <laughs> these people are 
speaking Spanish. Yeah. Like, this is my country. I pay it, for your taxes. Like, like, you don't even know. In the Midwest, too, we sometimes don't realize how bad the xenophobia is mm-hmm, because true. in, like, southern, like, border states like Texas, it's really bad and, like, really violent. And exactly. we're not always exposed to that. And obviously, like, it still exists here, but it's not, like... Right. To that extent. Mm-hmm. And also, going back to what Amari was saying about whiteness, I, like, literally just thought of this. I had, like, an epiphany. <laughs> um, I remember one of my friends saying that her uncle's from Ireland, and he's a horrible driver just because, like, driving is so different there. Mm-hmm. And so he gets pulled over all the time. And the cops always let him go because he speaks such broken English and they feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a white man. Like, Jeez. imagine if it was ever True, right. right. Imagine if it was right. a black man getting right. pulled over and he was speaking African. Man, yeah. Would, I mean, not African. That just sounds so ignorant. Like, a language <laughs> from Africa. Right. Even, like, be like, what are you saying? Yeah, exactly. we're going to detain you because we don't understand what you're saying. Right. That's... All right, so kind of like to sum all of this up, I feel like one of the last guided questions was what can teachers do in solidarity with their Spanish-speaking Latinx students? So I kind of touched on this already, but I think it all stems from more education in the classroom on this topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teachers just feel very awkward and out of place touching on these topics, but they are important and like it's history. A lot of it stems from that. So I think like, students learning from where English superiority stems Mm -hmm. from and the concept of the language myth and all of that can definitely help for them to be more inclusive people and students and just overall create a classroom environment that's more comfortable for everyone. For sure. I wrote a couple things too, a couple of the things that I think that educators should express in the class. Just like if you speak another language, like maybe have that be known within the classroom. Don't try to hide it. Mm -hmm. Don't try to only speak English. Maybe teach your kids like a couple cool cool words in your own language. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, to connect back. So growing up, I was a gymnast and I always had like Russian and Romanian Mm -hmm. coaches, Mm -hmm. Ukrainian. I had them all. And it was cool to me because, yeah. like, I was never exposed to people who, like, spoke other languages like exactly. that. And so, like, every practice we started, like, our Russian coach would teach us another word in Russian. Like, and he kind of, like, acclimated, like, mm-hmm. his culture into ours. And then, like, every day it became a thing. Like, we couldn't leave practice until we said thank you, goodbye to him in Russian. Oh, that's <laughs> So, <cute>. literally, <laughs> my entire childhood, like, I would go to gymnastics, could not leave without saying spasiba dos vidanya. Had to say thank you, goodbye. <laughs> and, like, now we all just know how to say that. And it's kind of, like, a cool thing to know. Yeah. But, like, it made him feel more comfortable that his gymnasts and his athletes, like, could communicate with him in another way and, like, respect his culture by just, I don't know saying goodbye in his language right it's like the simple personal, things yeah you know? this kind of made me think back to like my best friend she's like half mexican so she speaks spanish so, okay like when we first became best friends she would be so scared to speak spanish around me i'm like why are you scared and yeah like, she's like i don't want you to judge me i'm like what am i judging you right for? right so, like what she because her grandma she doesn't speak like any english at all mm-hmm. so she would when she called her grandma she would run out the room i'm like can you just stay in the room one day and yeah just, like talk to your grandma while i'm in the room so she did and i was like Girl, that's cool. Okay, yeah. 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 And she's just right. like, every now and then, like, she feel like she loses it a little bit because she don't be around her grandma anymore. But I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, you got it. She would teach me words every now and then. It's just like, I don't get 
how can someone be so angry about someone speaking another language? I will be mm-hmm. like, can you teach me how to yeah. say that? I like, think it's I'm so really, cool. I think it is exactly. when other it's people so cool speak it. About somebody else's culture, somebody else's language, somebody it else's is. everything. It's just yeah. I do want to bring up like I do like to bring up just like a countering perspective, just just to see both sides of it for sure. And I feel like a lot of English only speakers like can feel uncomfortable when yeah. someone around them is speaking another language. Because, like, just thinking back, like, my roommate speaks fluent Polish. And when she calls her family on the phone in our room, she speaks Polish. And sometimes I feel like, oh, my gosh, like, I have no idea what she's saying. Like, what if she's talking about me? Yeah. What if, like, yeah. And she probably isn't. But I feel like in a lot of situations, like, that's what your mind is drawn to, yeah, you know? Yeah, like the world has got us to think like that. Like, somebody, mm-hmm. if someone's speaking in a it's negative yeah right and it doesn't mean that but i think that's where some of the discomfort comes from Mm -hmm. the other end yeah like i do think that the non-english speakers are probably more uncomfortable in most situations but if you do look at it from both ways i think that's why it becomes a touchy subject on both ends because yeah just the difference in language causes a lot of different feelings think about that actually (laughs) i didn't even thought about that Yeah. yeah also just a funny story going off of that one of my friends and her roommate like hated each other and her friend or the roommate was an exchange student and every time she would go in the room she would start speaking in English so that my friend would hear her talking bad about her <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it could go both ways and I don't think yeah. people typically use like their ability to speak in a language yeah. to do that but yeah. even like back in my gymnastics experience like if my coach would get mad sometimes he would just like start going off in Russian, we'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, we clearly aren't supposed to know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, so, like, they yeah, can, but... in a way, like, use it in their power a little bit as well, which does not, like, support the argument of English superiority. It's still like, <laughs> I'm not. That's not where I'm going with this. But I'm just trying to bring up the other side and yeah, say, yeah. like, that's, like, why there's a barrier between English speakers and non-English speakers exactly. in some ways. I want to bring up one more question to go off of that. Um, so this has to do kind of what you brought up, Grace, earlier about like being like an educator mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, I just it we might have already answered this, but I was just saying since we all want to be teachers, mm-hmm. as an as an educator, how would you encourage your students to feel comfortable speaking their native language inside and outside of the classroom? So basically, just what would you guys do inside the classroom to get people to speak their own language or maybe express like oh. I want to teach you guys for some, I don't know, project like my own culture. And then how can they bring that outside too? So when they see people who, you know, may be looking negative on them, how can they deal with that? Yeah, I think a lot of it just stems from like the acknowledgement that they do speak another language because Mm -hmm. all of their classmates might not even know that. It might be something that they keep to themselves and don't want everyone to know. Mm -hmm. So like being the teacher in the room, you can say oh, so-and-so, I know that you speak this language as well. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't you share this with the class? Or why don't you say something for us? And, like, help them, like, be able to experience the the appreciation for their language Mm -hmm. that they aren't able to, like, bring up themselves or if initiate themselves, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I feel like a lot of teachers, like, miss out on that. They don't promote them to speak their native language. So I feel like promoting a child to speak their native language and telling them, like, it's okay not to speak English, I feel mm-hmm. like that would be awesome. But like, when I was a teacher, we, we had an Italian student. His, that wasn't his first language. His dad spoke, was Italian. His mom was American. So mm-hmm. I guess he, like, grew up, like, learning both of them. Yeah. But 
I don't know. It's this is Disney movie on Disney Channel called Luca. And yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Italian on there too, and I would be like, "Do you understand what they're saying?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. but I don't want to tell you what they're saying." And I'm like, "Are you ashamed?" He's like, "Yeah, exactly." Like, yeah, you know what they're saying. You will tell me what they're saying. I'm like, "It's okay to speak your language. You know that, right?" But he don't feel like it's okay because yeah, right. we never acknowledge to him like it's okay to speak your language in here. So I feel like just acknowledging and letting them know like it's okay to speak your language, speak it to me, speak it to your classmates and help them understand what you're, I mean, let them know what you're saying and help them understand what you're saying, it will help. Mm-hmm. 100%. Also, um, one thing the article <laughs> mentioned that I thought was really interesting was it said like, even though it's uncomfortable, you should talk to your students about current events, like the two women being detained. And For just sure. like, let them express their feelings about that because probably like they're not going to talk about that at home especially if they're younger Mm -hmm. so like letting them just get that all out there and like feel more comfortable and just bring awareness to stuff like that would help definitely so to kind of wrap up this first or second article now we're on Mm -hmm. um i think the main takeaways just need to be like speaking spanish in public spaces should be completely acceptable along with every other language Mm -hmm. this is just the one we focused on in this article specifically But we all kind of touched on more education is necessary in the classroom to make it more inclusive overall and make all students comfortable. Okay, so the final source of this week was a podcast we listened to titled We Teach Languages. So there was a guest speaker in this podcast. His name was Dr. Jonathan Rosa, and he went into a lot on the English language, English superiority and basically where that stemmed from in relation to the American education system. So a little summary that I came up with was that Dr. Jonathan Rosa discusses the fact that the U.S. school system encourages the idea that English has been standardized in our country. Um, He also touched on the idea that Spanish is a foreign language, and the assumption that students have been taught to believe is actually far from the truth. He also believes that there are many learning opportunities rooted in the concept of language, though our students are missing out on those due to the dominance of the English language. Um, The speaker and author also touches on the title of world language used in schools, such as the world language department, where we were all required to take a language class, most likely. And most of our language-based classes have some connection to where the language is spoken on the map. Um, Because we live in America, no language should be considered foreign, as we accept any and all languages. And for this reason, Dr. Jonathan Rosa believes that English superiority lies in the hands of the education system and how we've brought students up. So overall, we just need to create more of an emphasis on the multilingual societies and history and also recognize the way our country has evolved to become the way it has in regard to language. So I don't know if anyone else has thoughts on that, agrees, disagrees, or how your experience was in the world language so-called department of your school, but yeah. Honestly, thinking back to the world language at my school, I guess I'll talk about like my high school. It wasn't really that inclusive. It just Mm -hmm. had Spanish, French, and that's it. So Mm -hmm. you left out all these people who spoke all these different languages. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of Greek people in the school and there was no Greek, you know, Mm -hmm. Greek language that I could take. So I think if there is emphasis on language within, within the school system, it should encompass more than just a few of you know the top languages or mm-hmm. the most widely used and although maybe you wouldn't get that many other kids enrolling in the less 
you know, predominant languages, I think it would just put more of an emphasis to include, you know, more students within the uh, school system. I feel like I had a really similar experience in my high school. Um, And I actually went to two high schools. I transferred after my freshman year. And the first one had such like a rich language department. Like they offered so many different things and they were all like really good programs. And so I took French there and then I transferred And the second school had way less options, and I ended up just taking Spanish. But by the time I graduated, I feel like the only language they offered was Spanish because, like, at that point, nobody was taking any language classes. And, like, a couple of my friends took Latin, and I think they had Mandarin, too. And they ended up just dropping those classes completely, and whoever was in those was just, like, screwed over. And it was, like, just such a bad system I feel like yeah that's how we were too like certain languages just weren't encouraged as much as others which is not the way to go about it and like you said we had Mandarin also and so little kids enrolled in it that they had one Mandarin class for the whole district Mm -hmm. so there's three high schools that feed into my district and the kids that took Mandarin would all take a bus (laughs) to the central I went to Lincoln Way West and there's east and central everybody who took Mandarin at the same time in the day would take a bus to Lincoln Way Central to take oh their Mandarin class. God. So, like, they just made it very unappealing. Yeah. Because knowing like that that's what you had to go through, why would like you want to sign up for Mandarin? Like, I wouldn't want to have to take a bus over to a whole other school just to learn a language, you know? When it shouldn't be that difficult. It should be encouraged and not a hassle to have to do that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Sorry. No, 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 you're all good. We had horrible world language. Mm-hmm. I did, We didn't even get offer Spanish to my sophomore year yeah. mm-hmm. of high school. We had French, but they dropped it. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Right. Yeah. They had Mandarin, but it was an after-school program, but they had to drop it because no one signed up for it. It's just like they never promote, promoted us to learn a new mm-hmm. language. And then, like you like you said, Zoe, like French and Spanish are not the only two languages out here. Right. Other two mm-hmm. languages other than English out here in the world. So I feel like if we had an array of other languages that were available to us, we would be more excited to learn a new language. Whereas we only had two, which was Spanish and French, and then Mandarin for like two weeks, and they <laughs> eliminated it. I promise it was just for two weeks, y'all. Yeah. And it was like, uh uh-uh, we got to get rid of it because no one signed up for yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, though, what I find kind of ironic is that the universal language that I feel like most schools have is Spanish. Exactly. Right. But also, students who speak Spanish as their first language are not encouraged to speak it in a yes. normal classroom outside of the Spanish classroom. Right. Yes. So it's like we're trying to teach everyone in America Spanish, although Spanish is not actually exactly. accepted in society, really. So it's like, I don't want to say, why are we learning it if we're not going to use it? I mean, more the so, we are learning it, so why don't we use yeah. it? Exactly. Right. That's the real question. Yeah, it's exactly. just very Next. contradicting to what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think we kind of covered everything on that podcast. It wasn't super long and kind of straightforward. But to move forward with this, um, there's a lot of different ways or versions in which I think that we all speak English. Mm -hmm. So what were some examples that you guys kind of thought of or took down as like terms that you think you say or a lot of people say that aren't considered to be standard English? 
okay I can go first so I mean I guess I learned all these in starting in high school they're kind of funny but I know that once I'm around people who uses these words all the time like of course I'm gonna start using them mm-hmm. dump it in That's the way it works. so yeah. basically my entire friend group would use these people in the halls everyone would use them so two of them that you guys probably know one of them is called Say Less, I'll and then another that. one is Bet. <laughs> yeah. So, that. yeah, yeah Bet. So, basically, these two, I don't know, they're not, like, I mean, they're definitely not standard English, because I know if I went up to my grandparents or <laughs> to my parents and said, and well, now they know what it means, but, you know, mm-hmm. they were first like, what are you <laughs> saying? Like, that is, never heard that before. Yeah. But, and that being said, though, I think that, at least I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think we sort of alter the way that we speak English based on who we're speaking to. Yeah. Like that's like you what said, I wrote too. Yep. To my friends, I say like the trendy slang and certain <laughs> terms. And sometimes it's things that only me and my friends say that exactly. if I said it to other people our age, they'd be like, what are you saying? Right. Or to my family, <laughs> I don't speak all prime and proper or anything, but I am more conscious of like what, what terms yeah. I use because I know that they won't understand if I say like certain things like that. Right. Current has become very popular. Period. 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 Oh no, yeah. everybody is my sis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like we probably all use very similar slang words, but something really interesting, and I'm mad because now I can't remember all of the words that were in it, but I saw a TikTok and it was like all of these words that you didn't know aren't English. And like mm. so many of them were actually Yiddish, like oh. the Jewish language. And so, like, I feel like the ones we use a lot are like clubs and like, oh, like oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting, yeah, yeah. Some other ones that I wrote down that are like a little more basic, like, we probably don't even realize it's not correct English. And yeah, instead of yes, like, yeah, is a word, but if we're talking proper, like, you would say yes, <laughs> yeah, for y'all. sure. Um, also, I wrote y'all and ain't, like, we use those words every day, but they aren't correct. It would be ant, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> And also, like, would have, should have, might have, it technically would be would have, should have, might have. But when we actually speak, we don't say that. So I think a lot of it also is, like, we speak much differently than how we write. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because if I were writing an essay, I would write that correctly. Proper. No but if I'm going speaking, to. I don't. So um, some other questions I had to kind of go along with that. So a lot of this is like geographical and where you live, like what terms you say. So mm-hmm. reflect back on a time that you traveled to another part of the country. Did the people there speak differently from you? And if so, how did that make you feel? Yeah. One time, so I'm from Chicago and we went on a trip to Springfield. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were eating dinner and our waitress was like, you guys are from Chicago, right? And we we're all like, yeah, how did you know yeah. that? She's like, by the way, you talk, and, like, mm-hmm. we all, like, did yeah. not realize that at all. I don't know, like, a lot of, this is not only, like, for 
I don't know, black people, but a lot of black people say Chicagoans, we don't pronounce our R's. I don't know yeah. where they came from. <laughs> but people say like like pop, we say pop instead of soda. Yeah. Right. It's just like, like a lot of stuff that Chicagoans do that like other people would think, mm-hmm. I mean say that other people would think is like weird. Mm-hmm. Like the word yeah. sweetened. Like a lot of people don't even know <laughs> yeah. what the word sweetened is, but we're all from Chicago. Yeah. Right. What the That's what I'm saying. Is. So I feel like times where I've been on vacation like in the south or even like the west coast, like mm-hmm. completely different and they can tell that we're from somewhere else and I've never been offended by that honestly yeah. me personally yeah it's just been pointed out and I think it's kind of interesting but in a way like I have felt out of place or I have some friends here who are from southern Illinois mm-hmm. and they do have like a little that bit of a southern yeah. accent yeah. and they talk a lot different from the rest of our friends and like we point it out sometimes like kind of in a funny way like <laughs> oh my gosh like you always say that or you say it like this and because we know that they aren't offended and it's not meant in that way but we just talk differently and we like to acknowledge how we say things different based on where we grew up 100 percent. yeah so with that like do you guys think that you speak more similarly to like your friends and family or like where do you think you developed the way that you speak english and when you came to college like did people point out how you pronounce things or like are you pretty similar to the people that are here I'd say I'm pretty similar, at least to the people I surround myself with, because a lot of the people I know are kind of from Chicago, kind mm-hmm. of from the area. I know some people that I'm friends with still now came from my high school. So, you know, we're pretty familiar in how we communicate with one another and what mm-hmm. we say. But yeah, I've heard other people, you know, just like maybe in my class who are being called on or they're going to speak. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, that's different. Like, I'm not yeah. really familiar with the Southern accent and whatnot, because I remember in one of my classes, um, a girl was from... I forgot what state it was now, but she was studying agriculture and she was definitely from the South. And I just really have never heard someone, you know, yeah. in my class speak like that. But I appreciated it. It was cool. I'm never going to, you know, bash someone about how they no, speak. But all. it was just exactly. more surrounding myself with people who aren't like me, which I enjoy. So I agree. Overall, like that being said, like, I think we need to not necessarily celebrate, but acknowledge, celebrate and acknowledge mm-hmm. like the different ways that people use English and take interest in where they got that from, like, you know, like where that originated because it is different from us. And that's like what makes America America is the difference in people. Yeah. Exactly. We are celebrating all the, all the differences that'll bring us together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So I think that's all we got so far into this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed and can, and can have some takeaways to summarize what we talked about, this week's topic was about the myth of standard English and superiority. When we covered the key terms, we included um, terms about the standard language, power, race, ratio linguistics, and English superiority. But that's all we have today. My name's Zoe. My name is Amari. Hi, Maya. And I'm Grace. And we hope you guys enjoyed. Thank Bye. you.